time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yes, good evening and welcome to Red Friday. And it doesn't come much tougher for the Dons than Sunday when Celtic come to, P- to Pataudry for a 12 o'clock kickoff. Aberdeen will be looking to build on Tuesday's 3-1 win at Hamilton. But boss Derek McInnes knows how tough a challenge it will be. Anytime we seem to play Celtic, you know, they all seem to be in good form. And I think that's what I see in this Celtic team is not only the attacking threats that they've always possessed, you know, obviously Neil's changed system recently, but there seems to be a hunger about them that I think that they've, uh, they've probably needed in the last few few weeks. I think the strength that they have in the squad and the options Neil has has maybe helped with that hunger because I think you see so many good players not even make the bench and good players who have maybe been playing on the bench. So I think the hunger is in that Celtic team and I think when you come up against a team with so many good players in it and attack threats, for us it's about trying to get the balance right between attacking and defending. Uh, we're the home team, we've got to recognise that, um, we've got to try and carry that threat, um, but also making sure that, as we were at Celtic Park um, um, a couple of months ago, a lot closer to them, you know, we defended well, we competed well, I actually thought we were deserving of the performance of a point against them. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. First of all, before we look ahead to Sunday's game, Andrew, great results away from home. Tough conditions on Tuesday and uh, great to see some goals going in from a Don's perspective. Absolutely. I mean, it, it ticked all the boxes, really, didn't it? I mean, uh, the first half, first quarter of an hour of the game uh, was uh, pretty cagey, has to be said. But uh, once Curtis Main opened the scoring, there was only one side was going to win the game. And uh, three very good goals, actually, when you look back at them. Andy Considine, a lovely ball forward for Curtis Main. Benzies run nicely to stay onside, albeit... Sam Woods, the centre-back, got the shock of his life when he found Curtis Main running away from him. He just had no idea he was there. Um, and it was no surprise that he was hooked at half-time. Uh, but uh, it was a very cool finish from Curtis Main when you consider it's only his second goal for Aberdeen and given the fact that Aberdeen had gone so long without a goal. And then the second one, uh, we're just talking about uh, it being like London buses. You wait ages for one and then two or three turn up very quickly soon after. And... When you look at that second goal, uh, Devlin takes the throw in to McGinn, gets it back. McGinn peels off, makes a nice run into the box. Devlin plays it to Maine, who lays it off for Ferguson, who lays it off for McGinn. Two touches and it's in the back of the net. A really well-worked goal. And then the third one, the one I think that gave Derek McInnes the most pleasure was to see his left centre-back, Andy Considine, well up the park delivering a cross into the box where Conor McLennan makes a really good run in towards the near post area uh, and gets his, his head onto it to divert it past the goalkeeper. And bear in mind, he was the right wing-back. So it was a good all-round team performance. Second half wasn't quite as good because Hamilton did change things. They put two up top and as we know Hamilton always battle and they deserve to get something back for their second half showing which they did when Ogunpo scored six minutes from time but over the 90 minutes there was only going to be one side was going to win that match and it was Aberdeen Yeah we're going to talk about Curtis Main in a minute but before that though uh, Conor McLennan's finish it's one of those uh, goals where anything else other than the, the the deftest of touches and it would have ended up somewhere else completely but a great finish Yeah he's, he's good in there Young Conor he's scored a few goals uh, that type of goal so it wasn't really a surprise to see him converting that but no please for him that's his second of the season uh, as well and uh, you know, it was a big call for the manager, uh, leaving Sam on the bench and bringing Curtis in. And but uh, Curtis took full advantage of the opportunity. And uh, you know, after all that time without a goal, all the pre-match talk about record, unwanted records, say uh, up for grabs, 
and then uh, we score three times in the first 45 minutes. So, you know, never a problem. It's always, we mentioned this last week, we talked about it actually, about getting that first goal and how important that is and where that hasn't happened recently. And it happened exactly like we said it had to happen in, in order just to give the team that boost and that confidence. And then from there, they just went for it. That's it. Um, we commented on it when we were doing the commentary on Red TV about how, you know, it was like a shot of adrenaline, not just to the goal scorer, but to the entire side. Everybody looked, you know, two or three inches taller. They were going that little bit faster. And and they played some decent football in the first half. And it was surprising that they, they didn't score more than the three goals because they, they did play some very good stuff. Second period, uh, Maine had won disallowed for offside he had a header from a McGinn free kick that went just past the post Lewis Ferguson had a, a shot tipped over the bar by Luke Southwood so Aberdeen could easily have scored twice as many as the three that they, they got uh, but it was very pleasing to see how much the the whole demeanour of the side changed once they'd, they'd broken that, that drought and they started playing the way that that Aberdeen side is capable of playing you know, sometimes with strikers, obviously it's a confidence thing for strikers. And I think sometimes, is there a pressure on players like Sam Cosgrove when you're not scoring and when it feels a bit like the team are kind of almost relying on you for goals to then be able to take a step back as much as he won't have wanted for a second to be on the bench? Will that be a good thing for him in the long run? I'm sure it will be. Uh, you know, the manager was at Payne's uh, press today to you know, accentuate the fact that uh, Big Sam has got 21 goals this season. You know, he's an absolutely integral part of of the team, um, but probably he needed the break because we had been probably over-relying on Sam to score the goals um, and, you know, to have Curtis come in. It wasn't just his goal because it was his all-round performance. He, he really bossed the, the defenders. It'll be, if he plays on Sunday, it'll be another step up in class he'll have to um, try and get the better of but uh, no he certainly he did his his own Aberdeen career and as, again as, as Derek said that was the type of performance with the fans uh, his teammates Derek himself and probably Curtis has been waiting for in an Aberdeen shirt because we haven't seen enough but also, he's not really had that many chances because of the form of Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's uh, one of the players that was given that opportunity on uh, Tuesday to show what he can do, and he says that he's really looking forward to Sunday's game. Yeah, obviously, it's a it's a positive it's a positive result, and that rubs off on the players. And I think everybody's just looking forward to the next game now. Whatever team selected, then we'll all be we'll all be raring to go. Yeah, obviously, we know we know the, how strong they are. Um, like I say, that's that's down to us to come up with a game plan. Um, between the staff and the management, and, and hopefully have something ready for for Sunday, so that we can uh, yeah we can produce a surprise. Strong physical player, Andrew, and a player that uh, Derek McInnes will be delighted now that he has seen what he's capable of. He's now got a bit of a, an option in, in terms of if Sam isn't the player to play up front Sunday as well. He's got a bit of a decision to make there too. Uh, it's a good problem to have. It is. I mean. Uh, we know how physical a player Curtis Main is because he absolutely bullied our central defenders a couple of times last season in the League Cup and in the Scottish Cup, wasn't it? The, uh, where he, he, two seasons he, ago, was Two it? seasons ago it was, yeah. yeah. Um, but as Dave was saying, it's a performance that everybody's been waiting for, including the player himself. And it, it does give the manager a, a, a headache of the nicest kind. Does he play both of them up top? I'm not sure if he would. Um, they're maybe a little bit too similar, uh, but uh, Curtis Main is certainly 
put himself in a position where the manager has a decision to make. Yeah, uh, it's something we will touch on later when we look more at Sunday's game. But just finally on, on Tuesday's game, Dave, uh, just from the sort of the atmosphere around the stadium and around the team and the staff, how much of a lift has that given everyone? Oh, obviously, it's given everyone a lift because the longer runs where you're not scoring goals go on, you know, it does have an effect. Some of the players were not playing with a unbridled confidence that uh, we would want. But uh, as Andrew touched on, as soon as that first goal went in, you could see it really was a weight off everyone's back, including the fans as well, the 423 that had made the, the trip down to the um, Fountain of Youth Stadium. And uh, you could see the way passes were being played about after Mikey Devlin had, you know, in came on uh, when Ash went off injured. Uh, kept his place for Tuesday night and absolutely strolled through the game like the Mike, Michael Devlin of old that we've we've uh, we know absolutely capable of and it was the same all throughout the team it was uh, there wasn't really any failures in in that team on the uh, on Tuesday night and uh, yeah it's done a massive lift in it and it will be it, I'm quite sure we'll see a different Aberdeen certainly compared to the the Aberdeen that played against Celtic at Petaudry early in the season again gloss on that one. Yeah, we won't talk too long for that one about that one. Uh, before we, we do move on to Celtic, just a quick quick word about the Scottish Cup fifth round game because obviously we've got the replay coming up on Wednesday um, but that of course has happened since we last spoke last Friday. Um, it feels like ages ago now because we had that game on Tuesday but and it was instantly forgettable. Well, there is that as well. I mean, that is definitely part of it. Um, tough tough away tie midweek come on at Scottish Cup. It's never easy. Um, what what do the what do the Dons do in that game on Wednesday that they didn't do <laughs> score a goal? I guess is probably the answer. Yeah, I mean they did dominate um, a lot of the game. I I can't recall anything other than you know the sporadic attacks from from Kilmarnock. Although their confidence will have lifted with that excellent win against Rangers in midweek, what they've got to do is just carry on the good things that they were doing, particularly first half at Hamilton. Um, regardless of what happens on Sunday uh, and just continue doing what they've been doing for the last seven years at Rugby Park and that's winning games yeah yeah uh, well before that of course it is Aberdeen Celtic on Sunday it's a 12 o'clock kickoff, and after his display in midweek as Andrew and Dave touched on there some fans have called for Derek McInnes to play Curtis Main and Sam Cosgrove as a two up front and it is something that Derek McInnes says they have considered that's something that we've considered a few times we've played together a couple of times I've played um, when Curtis has come off the bench Sam come off the bench the other night so they, ha- they have played together in spells as well as starting games together Yeah, something that of course could happen down the line but probably not Sunday Yeah, Sunday I mean Celtic are the, the best team in the in the country right now by uh, quite a, a distance and uh, you know Celtic, Celtic absolutely hammered us the big difference I think this, this time round is we didn't have a recognised midfield to, to play so players it was round pegs and square holes and but we've now got problems of the right kind with Craig Bryson back in the squad I'm sure he'll feature it at some point he's had a nearly two weeks training uh, but you know whether he goes for two up front it would you know, it would certainly be very underic like if he chose the Celtic game to to play two up front. But the one good thing is we know that Celtic, you know, the last few home games, Kilmarnock, um, uh, Motherwell, and St Mirren, they've all sat. Uh, sorry, St Johnson and Motherwell, uh, they've all sat in. You know, St Johnson got the early goal. 
Uh, didn't they? It they did. Yes, early goals. So they put eleven men behind the ball. We know that Celtic will come at us. Um, so we know it'll be a different type type of game and. I'm looking forward to it Yeah Andrew It is two different schools of thought On how you play a team like Celtic You can either go for it And then you expose You know the the problems at the back That might happen from that Or you do what most teams tend to do And that's sit back and try and hit on the break Yeah uh, I think in midweek Hearts were caught betwixt and between With that Mm. Because they, they did attack Celtic When they had the opportunities to But when Celtic had the space to play They absolutely ripped Hearts to pieces And that is the problem just now with Celtic They are absolutely flying at the moment And as the manager said earlier on They're, you know always seems to be that they're in fine form when they come up against Aberdeen but we've got to draw inspiration from how we played against them down at Celtic Park because they were playing decent football not maybe not as well as they are uh, now but we ran them very very close that day and uh, I think if you know you're, you're looking at a game like this and you're saying right where are the areas that it's going to be won and lost and I think midfield is the area that Celtic more often than not totally dominate and that just leads on that their defence doesn't have a lot to do and their attacking players get plenty of ammunition. So I think it's the midfield battle that needs to be won and it's encouraging to see that we've got players of the quality of Dylan McGee, Funso Ojo, Craig Bryson perhaps, Lewis Ferguson who can be deployed in that battleground. Uh, because you, you've got to keep uh, Scott Brown quiet because he dictates the tempo of the play that, for Celtic so often but you've also got to stop the likes of Olivier and Cham who loves to break forward Callum McGregor who is very much the unsung hero for Celtic but he's got 10 goals this season and he's in a rich vein of form they've got danger men all over the park but if you can nullify um, the the middle of the park you're in with a shout I think yeah. I also think if you can do that, um, if you can put the Celtic defence under a bit of pressure, we saw it with Sam's goal down at uh, Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ayer can be, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he can be guilty of the odd mistake from time to time. We've seen it with Julian as well. You don't always like the physical um, challenge yeah, of the Lyndon Dykes of, of the world exactly, and that type of player. You've, you've, got, you've got to obviously, your midfield needs to do its job to make sure that these situations are actually happening. So, you know, that might be a pointer for, for Sam being given the nod because he, well, he has scored against Celtic this yes. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Celtic boss Neil Lennon and we're going to talk more about the game on Sunday as the Dons against Celtic at Pataudry. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. More on Red Friday next. North Sound 1, Red Friday. With Red Wing, your head-to-toe PPE partner. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is North Sound 1's Red Friday. Aberdeen plays Celtic on Sunday at Pataudry. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff, and visiting boss Neil Lennon isn't taking anything for granted. A difficult venue, and I do know Aberdeen a very good win on Tuesday night to get themselves going again. And I do know they've got a very good manager. It's a dangerous game, you know. Uh, we have to be at our best. It's an early kickoff, so get, get ourselves up there, get recovered, get well rested, get ready for the early kickoff. Because the early kickoffs there can be difficult, and then we just have to see what the weather conditions are going to be like as well. Nothing surprising in football, you know. Derek's, you know, you got to admire the longevity in the, the modern game that he's had. It's, you know, I think he's coming into the seventh season, and I'm sure he's been one of Aberdeen's best managers in the history. 
yeah, nothing surprised me. Unfair, he's been loyal, he's kept rebuilding teams, and I think he deserves support rather than criticism. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Celtic boss Neil Lennon there, Andrew, and um, yeah, I mean he's he's saying all the right things there and um, being very diplomatic about everything. But the reality is, they expect to come and win this game. Well, uh, past records would suggest that he's got uh, every reason to be confident. Celtic have won their last seven league games against Aberdeen at Pataudry, scoring twenty, conceding only four. They've drawn one blank in their last forty-four visits. <laughs> The goalkeeper who kept them out was um, Fraser Forster. Fraser Forster oh, oh, Ke- kept the do- oh, kept, kept Celtic out. Kept Celtic out. Uh, Jamie Langfield. No, oh, it know. was back in December two thousand and one. Oh, oh two thousand and one. No, no. Leighton was retired David by that Fries. time. No, Pe- Peter Keir. Peter Keir. <laughs> <laughs> we got there eventually. We just <laughs> gone through the back catalogue of goalkeepers yeah, for the last absolutely. twenty years. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you have to see Celtic since. Losing to Rangers on the 29th of December have been imperious. Eight games, eight wins, 27 scored, only three conceded. The only game that looked as though it was tight at all was the Scottish Cup tie against Partick Thistle. Mm. Apart from that, they've absolutely blown everybody away. Uh, And they've created this gap of 10 points at the top of the table, albeit Rangers have a game in hand. But you'd have to say the title race is all over because there's no way that I can see Celtic dropping points to the extent that Rangers are going to be able to catch them up so it's a huge huge task for Aberdeen but um, you know we've shown on occasion that we're able to to match Celtic to better Celtic Um, I think it would be great if we could match them given their form at the moment um, but it's going to be mighty difficult yeah it's not it's never an easy task especially given the form that Celtic are in Dave and, and from a Don's perspective Back to third, which is great, um, albeit on the same points as Motherwell. Um, it is an opportunity, again, it swings the other way because Motherwell at home to St Mirren, but the Dons, you know, obviously from even from that perspective, just trying to get anything from this game would be a real bonus. It's a bit of a free hit, to be honest, because, but you know, as you said, Celtic will probably come up expecting to take the, the three points. So anything we do get uh, is a bonus. And if we were to get a share of the spoils, I think we'd be perfectly happy happy with that. Um, but it's going to be very, very difficult. They are a, a quality team. Whether, I mean, they've still to play Rangers twice, so and Rangers with the game in hand, but that's still a big ask because yeah. with the, the goal difference, it's probably 11 points. Is it, it is, basically. Um, and the thing is that they will be hurting because they lost at, yeah. at Celtic Park. It's like a repeat of last year. Time. Exactly. Very yeah, much. Yeah. And, and there you, you had midweek. Rangers losing at Kilmarnock, as they did exactly. first came back yeah. after the, the break last year. So um, Rangers have still got to work out what you've got to do in the second half of a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtic know what's needed and have shown it by uh, you know their form since coming back from uh, Dubai. It's funny because when we had the turn of the year, it looked, because Celtic had that thistle game, you, you thought for a second, I wonder if that... Th- that thing that seems to affect teams every year of the winter break has happened to Celtic, but no, David, just hasn't been like that. No, they've come back um, all the stronger uh, since the winter break. They're they're uh, playing better than they did when we took them close down at uh, Celtic Park a couple of months ago. But uh, you know, it's anything can happen in football, as we've seen um, on countless occasions. So we've just got to go in believing that we can get something from from uh, Sunday lunchtime. And uh, Sunday lunchtimes, uh, lunchtime kickoffs in general, sometimes do 
throw up odd results. Yeah. Just uh, slightly different, different atmosphere a wee bit. Um, but uh, no, uh, it's going to be hard. But uh, you know. You'll Where see. there's life, there's hope. And you'll see with our predictions <laughs> what we think is going to Hope, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, before we look at our ones to watch, Andrew, um, the, the good thing from a Don's perspective is we've got the win. We've got a win out of the way for 2020 in the league. That's a really important three points. Yeah, um, it was important, as you say, to, to get back to winning ways and... You know, it was Hamilton Aki's. With all due respect to Hamilton, uh, they're not in the same league as Celtic. Well, they are physically, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, it's it's an, a major hurdle, Celtic. But as I said, in the past we've we've managed to to match them, and they, if everyone plays absolutely to the top of their form, who knows. One to watch then, Dave. Who is your Don that you're looking out for on Sunday? Well, I think we've started to, particularly on Tuesday night, to see what we've um, taken on board with the signing of the earlier signing, the expected Matty Kennedy. He, he looked, um, he's got a great engine in him, loves to take uh, defenders on. If he's in the mood, then he can make a difference. So he's going to be my one to watch. He did look like he really wanted to get the ball um, in the game on Tuesday. He looked like he was always looking for it. He was always hungry for the ball. He was always making himself available, which again is always a a great sign, particularly for a winger, where where it's all about confidence. Yeah, and he works hard defensively as well, which you would anticipate he's going to have to do against Celtic. Andrew, what about yourself? Well, I mentioned earlier that uh, I think the game will be won and lost in the middle of the park and I think Funso Ojo is going to play a big role for Aberdeen. Very skillful on the ball, um, difficult to shake off it. Uh, if he is shaking off the ball, he's the first one to go back in there and win it back for you. So uh, I think he could be pivotal in there. It'll be a good battle between him and Scott Brown if the two of them are, are matched up against each other. Yeah, just before we move on to the predictor, how important, Dave, is discipline on Sunday? Because it is something where you... Ten men and then suddenly the task just gets all the much all the much harder and it, it isn't something that you envisage but it is difficult sometimes to keep the head when you are playing a team who maybe start very well a team yeah, like Celtic it's absolutely crucial that uh, everybody you know goes into the game with the right attitude right character right determination but does not let uh, emotions run over and um, we saw with hearts on the in midweek, where, where the the German lad, uh, you yeah. know, again, you know, things like that, we just do not, we can't afford. You know, it's going to be hard enough with eleven against eleven, so we've just got to. And it's the knock-on effect for yeah, for other games exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. So, no discipline is hugely important. So it's time for this week's predictor, and before we get this week's fixed uh, scores of the games over the weekend, Andrew, how is the table looking, dare I ask? Well, uh, last week, uh, some high scores. Uh, Dave, you scored nine, so you're still in the lead in 104. I got eight, so I'm in 103. Alan Davidson from the Red Review got four for 94. Uh, uh, Mike, you got four, you're Mm. in 89. Uh, Red Army got four, they're on 80. Dave Galloway got seven. Very good for Dave. That's Absolutely. Still bottom. Still bottom <laughs> <in> <laughs> nine, though. Climbing, though. Climbing. Uh, this week, representing the Red Army, it's former Don Fraser 5e. We're going to start with Saturday's games, and we'll start with the one at Tynecastle. It's Hearts Hamilton, Dave. 1-1. Uh, one, one. Uh, I don't think it'll be one for the purists. Uh, both teams absolutely desperate at the, the occupying the bottom two positions. Yeah, Andrew? I'm going to go a score draw as well. I'm going to go 2-2. I thought uh, Marius Ogunpo put himself about really well against Aberdeen uh, and looked better 
when uh, he had David Moyo playing out front with him. Uh, defensively, both sides are shaky, although Gogic for Hamilton I thought was excellent on uh, Tuesday night. But 2 2 is the scoreline that I'm going for. Um, let's get Fraser Fivey's prediction. I think that'll actually be a, a really tough game for both sides. Um, not in great form, obviously. Both of them coming off uh, the back of uh, defeat in midweek. I saw one for Hearts. Hamilton obviously getting beat 3 1. By Aberdeen, but I do think Hearts being at home at Tynecastle need to show a, a big reaction um, and really des- desperately need the points. Um, so I'm going to go Hearts two one. Yeah, I think Hearts are going to win this one. I've gone for three one. Andrew Motherwell, they're at home to St Mirren. Yeah, um, this is maybe heart ruling heads a little bit here, but I'm going to go one one uh, St Mirren. Uh, we're unfortunate not to take a point at Livingston in midweek uh, Motherwell seem to have just, just have gone off the boil a little bit um, so I'm hoping that it ends up a score draw 1-1 Dave? Yeah I think Motherwell will be too strong for St Mirren I've gone 2-0 to Motherwell although I would actually be quite happy if it was 1-1 <laughs> If you were wrong uh, I've gone 2-0 to Motherwell as well I think Motherwell win the game um, I'm going to go 3-1 Motherwell I think that they've been very good this season um, obviously sitting just behind Aberdeen but I do think they've been really consistent a really strong squad and, and uh, a good manager so I'm going to go a home win for Motherwell Next up Rangers are at home to Livingston they've not had the best of fortunes over the last little while Dave but what's the score going to be tomorrow? Livingston doing I mean arguably the, the team of the, the league this season with the resources where they are um, but at home they're a different animal than on the road uh, so I think Rangers, particularly after the, the nosebleed they got in midweek, I think they'll be out to make amends and I think it'll be Rangers 3 living know. Andrew? I don't think it'll be quite as clear cut. I think Rangers will win, but I think it's going to be tighter. I'm going to go 2-1. I agree with Dave. Livingston at home, eight wins. Away from home, only two wins. But, you know, they're, they're a stuffy side. Lyndon Dykes and Stevie Lawless in particular could cause Rangers a few problems and if they're feeling sorry for themselves who knows but I think uh, you know with the crowd behind them and doubtless a, an amenable referee Rangers will win 2-1 Yeah, I've got a, a feeling there will be a reaction from Rangers after the midweek game I think they'll win 3-0 Rangers coming off a, the back of defeat um, from Kilmarnock in midweek so it's going to be massive um, at Ibrox so I think Rangers will, will win the game against Livingston 3-0. Uh, Livingston have been um, in good form this season and, and sitting in a good position in the table. So I think it'll be tough, but I do think Rangers will win the game. Next up is Ross County at home to St Johnston, a game that, um, well, uh, I, I've gone for 1-1. Andrew? I've gone for 1-1. Dave? I, I can't separate them either, 1-1. <laughs> Fraser? Ross County, St Johnston, I think that it's going to be a bit dogged so I'm going to say that game's going to finish 1-1 I think it's got a draw <laughs> written all over it yeah it seems like that's the, the case for all of us uh, Sunday then the 4.30 kickoff. Um that's Kilmarnock at home to Hibs Dave yeah I also two teams that will be going into this game with uh, plenty of confidence Hibs uh, really finding the net with ease in a way that they weren't under Paul Hickingbottom um, but again I think uh, I find it very difficult to separate the sides so again a 1-1 Andrew? 
I think the signing of Mark McNulty's been a masterstroke by Jack Ross because he's hit the ground running, hat-trick against BSC and then scoring again in midweek, although he did miss a penalty. Um, and with Christian Dodge still scoring goals, I can see Hibbs just nicking this one 2-1 and deflating Kilmarnock's confidence ahead of the cup tie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I've actually gone very similarly. I've gone 2-1 to Hibbs. I think Hibbs go there and win. I think they've picked up since Jack Ross has came in a real turn of form. Um, obviously... McNulty coming in Dodge in good form Martin Boyle in good form so I think these guys make a difference uh, especially at the the top end of the pitch so I'm going to go Hibs 3-1 Right then it's the one that we're talking about because it's 12 o'clock Petaudry it's Aberdeen against Celtic let's get Fraser's prediction first of all I think that Aberdeen have got a real tough game on their hands here I think Celtic obviously going 10 points clear midweek full of confidence scoring loads of goals of late um, since coming back from the winter break so I think it's going to be really tough at Pataudry. Um Obviously, I'd love to see Aberdeen win the game, but I do think Celtic go on to win it. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 two, two, Celtic. Ooh, well, I've gone 1-1. One, one. I think uh, I'm being a bit, little bit more optimistic. Andrew? Yeah, I'm going 1-1 one, one as well. I, I, I just hope that um, all... 11 Aberdeen players are 14 as the case may be if all three subs are deployed play absolutely to the top of their form because that's what's going to be needed to get anything positive against Celtic Dave? Yeah I've gone 1-1 um, Andrew and I have got Joe Harper the, our greatest ever goal scorer with us on Red TV for commentary so be kicking uh, every ball that will be an inspiration for the guys on the park and they'll get that gold one one yeah. okay uh, remember you can get in touch with the show you can message the Red Friday team using WhatsApp you can head to northsound1.com or northsound on Facebook uh, or you can just add us directly on WhatsApp you can actually record a voice message as well it's 07753230130 we've actually had a message in from Kevin Watt and uh, he says so Aberdeen scored three goals in midweek, a first win in ages, but Derek sees this as a negative factor, a winning team of 11 players, more changes for Sunday's game, which will be an advantage to Celtic. Do we agree with that? I don't think he does. Does he, does he see that as... I don't quite understand if, why we'd see that as a negative I can't see anything that was factor. negative from a Tuesday night other than the fact that we conceded a goal towards the end, but... Um, uh, I'm a bit bemused by that from, from Kevin there uh, No, if you're scoring goals um, You're doing things right And the manager's always said If you're going to get points off either of Rangers or Celtic You've got to be doing a lot of things mm. right So um, go, in, go out and score goals on Sunday Or score at least one goal on Sunday yeah. uh, And keep it tight at the back I thought that the three-man defence of McKenna uh, Devlin and Considine were very good Joe Lewis apart from uh, the goal that he conceded had absolutely nothing to do in the game mm-hmm. uh, David Templeton lifted a shot over in the opening five minutes but that was the only time Hamilton were seen as an attacking force but Joe Lewis uh, generally plays very well against Celtic and uh, he, he knows he'll have to uh, on Sunday because he will be put under more pressure they've scored 122 goals in their 46 competitive Ridiculous. games this season so there's a goal threat from all over uh, but uh, no I, I can't see that there was anything negative that came from Tuesday well I think what Kevin seems to be getting at is that changing a winning team 
um, making more changes for Sunday's game will be an advantage to Celtic. But the, the thing is, it's, it is difficult to... When you're playing a team like Celtic, it, surely it has to be the best eleven for that game rather than continuing where you left off against Hamilton, with yes, all respect to Hamilton. Horses for, for courses, um, although the manager did say that if a player has, has scored and played well, and if, if uh, Kevin's talking about uh, keeping Curtis on the mm-hmm, side, mm-hmm. then he usually keeps his place. Now, whether well, that's a wee hint that Curtis will definitely start, who knows, but... Uh, I don't think um, the, the manager will take everything into consideration. And, and as we mentioned earlier on, Sam has the experience of scoring from open play against yeah. Celtic earlier in the season. Yeah, well, we're going to turn our attention in just a moment to another huge game in the North East uh, involving Cove Rangers and Edinburgh City. We're going to talk about that next. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday on North Sound 1. And as well as being a big game for the Dons, it's also a huge match for Cove. They host Edinburgh City in a top-of-the-table clash in League 2. And boss Paul Hartley is looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, look, looking forward to it. It's a great game. Um, first versus second game of the day. Um, one that the players should relish and should look forward to and we're looking forward to it as a staff we've got to try and win the game that's why we that's what we've done in every game we're always positive um, so it's going to make a fantastic match this Saturday and hopefully a good crowd to go along with it North Sound 1 Red Friday yeah, Andrew, uh, good crowd to go along with it. You'd expect that uh, because it's a huge game for, for Cove. It's a proper six-pointer. It is. Uh, first v second, as Paul said there. And uh, Cove, they've won all 11 league games at home, scoring 30, conceding only four. So the form book points towards a Cove victory, but it certainly won't be the 5-0 that we witnessed <laughs> when, when we no. saw the very first game at uh, Balmoral Stadium. Uh, Edinburgh have come back strongly since that defeat and they, you know, they're only three points behind Cove now. They're, the two of them are miles ahead of, of uh, Cowdenbeath in third place and they uh, you know, they're obviously battling it out for the, the title and the automatic promotion, but whoever doesn't get that is almost a shoe-in for the promotion uh, playoff place. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Liverpool are the only other senior side in the UK to boast a 100% uh, home record. So whoever thought at the start of this season that at this stage would be saying Liverpool and Cove it's unbelievable it's just been a, a record like that a crazy season uh, it's been fantastic at home and um, yeah just looking at obviously the three points that separate Cove Rangers and Edinburgh City Dave uh, 10 goals difference in the goal difference as well um, and that's the thing with Cove Rangers is that there's lots of goals in them as a team yeah, obviously Mitch Megginson um, pulled up in pre, pre-match last week so he's still doubtful uh, with him and Rory McAllister they've got such a potent strike force but um, obviously they'll be hoping Mitch makes it because the two of them together uh, are certainly capable of uh, scoring against any opposition uh, but uh, even with um, Rory, if, you know, if, if Mitch doesn't play, Rory McAllister's perfectly capable of scoring Jamie Masson's Well I was going to say yeah. Jamie Masson's chipped in with chipped 11 um, league goals uh-huh. and uh, you know you look at Edinburgh City we didn't think much of them when, when we saw them. They were very poor against Cove that first game of the season. But um, they've got some experienced players. Their top scorer, Daniel Handling, uh, ex-Hibs player. And they, you know, they came so close to, to getting themselves promoted last season. They've been the course before. Uh, Cove maybe still 
uh, a little bit naive at times perhaps uh, in the way they approach some games uh, I'm sure Paul would disagree with that but some of the players maybe th- subconsciously thinking hey we're top of the table this is a scoosh but it's anything but at that level because we saw last week Elgin City who hadn't a great home record before last Saturday you know turned them over 3-0 and that's the type of result that can pop up any time in that league and it's all credit to Cove that you know they've got this fantastic home record that everything that's been put in front of them they've beaten and if they can do that again tomorrow uh, they can take huge confidence from that and, and really drive towards the finishing line. Yeah, it's, it's also I was just going to say it's also the type of result that could galvanize Cove into a reaction because I'm quite sure they were pretty shell-shocked uh, last last Saturday evening after that one and as you say they've got this tremendous record to try and maintain and go through the whole season without dropping points at, at Balmoral so um you know there's plenty of incentive not least of course to open up a the six point gap, gap yeah, again, exactly. yeah. It's an odd one, Andrew, with their away form because they when they when they seem to they, obviously they're so rampant at home, but away from home, even in February, you're looking at you know the, the two games they've played, uh, just the one point with that two two draw with Albion Rovers, um, and you, you look at it and you think you know had they been able to sort of maintain more of that home form away from home, maybe picking up points where they're losing three 0 or the one earlier in the season where there, it was Annan that ha- one, hammered them, yeah. um, you know you look at those results and you think on paper it's a Cove win if if that naivety is maybe showing away from home where they would be without that so it really from Edinburgh City's point of view they're looking at this tomorrow and thinking this is our chance uh, possibly um, I, I think as I said you know there's a lot of experienced players uh, playing in League 2 and it just depends on how many of them you can get together on a Saturday uh, a lot of players are part time uh, I don't follow it closely enough to know how much change there is in a starting eleven from week to week um, in the, the 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 league generally. Uh, but you know, th- there's a lot of sides that um, probably lift their game when Cove come to visit because they're the new boys. Edinburgh City maybe lesser, less so because oh, we've seen them before. But here's these new kids in the block. We'll show them what League Two is all about. Yeah, and. Maybe, you know, we always get accused of raising our game when we, we get a draw in I, at Ibrox or, or at Celtic Park. Maybe it's the case that sides raise their games when they see Cove coming to town. Yeah, of course, with the Dons playing on Sunday, you expect a good healthy crowd tomorrow. Yeah, the weather's the only sort of uh, factor that may play a part. But no, even if the weather is poor, I think um, there'll be a, a good uh, amount out to certainly afford a well into four figures yeah. crowd I would have thought tomorrow afternoon to I would think there will be more there than yeah. watched us at Hamilton on, on Tuesday or watched Livingston play St Mirren on, on, Tuesday, on Wednesday night so uh, Cove have they've been backed very well by their uh, sponsors uh, by all their commercial partners etc and by the crowds uh, up here in the northeast, it's just a fantastic success story yeah. and long may it continue yeah absolutely uh, the League 1 game for Peter Head they're away to East Fife Dave how do you see that one going? Um, difficult with Darren Darren Young um, of course former Aberdeen player and East Fife are just out of the playoff or they're, just they're in fourth just in at the moment playoff spot which is something they want to yeah. Peter Head it's been a bit up and down for Jim McAnally um, and I, I think uh, it's such a tight league as they all are in, in Scotland this season if if uh, J- uh, Jim was to come back and his team with a, a point I don't think they'd be too upset 
Yeah, Andrew? I think it'll be a, a tough one. East Fife for a decent football inside. They've got Montrose breathing down their necks uh, in fifth place with a game in hand and uh, Darren will have his side fired up so it wouldn't surprise me if Peter Heads uh, found it a pointless exercise but, uh, you know, they're capable on their day of turning anybody over so yeah. very much up in the air that one. We're going to come on to the Highland League in a moment, but before that, Dave, the juniors, because uh, Storm Dennis on the way, and um, yeah, not all teams are going to be happy with the decision that's been made. It's it's unusual. All the games were postponed this afternoon Mm. um, to to give sponsors warning, to give uh, travel arrangements, to get those changed. It is very unusual, if not unprecedented, and, and I'm sure some of the teams whose pitches will be... And it's one of these, you're, yeah. you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because uh, if if the wind comes up tomorrow and it is really bad, then everyone thought well, that was a, a good good for, foresight to do that. But if all the, you know, it's, all the pitches are playable... when there's Which they will so, be. Of course <laughs> they will. Um, there's been so many games put off already because of weather this season. Then, like the Bank City just down the road here, who yeah. have got the plastic pitch, um, I'm sure that their game against Devon side, I'm sure they would have certainly, whether Devon side are delighted that they don't have to travel. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also another game off day for Banks of yeah. for who are way behind because of their cup successes. Yeah, I, but, I get, get the problem is, Andrew, that you, you when you call off games on the day with an hour to go to, to kick off, then there's real problems with people travelling. So is this the right decision? Um, if, it's, if they're called off because it's high winds that are likely to disrupt the game, then yes, because high high winds, as we saw at Pitaudry yeah. last Saturday, Spoiled. absolutely ruin Spoiled. a game. And there was a lower league game postponed, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, Peter, was Peter Heads game Peter was abandoned game, yeah. last week. That's right. And they said that the, one well. you know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, if it is the, the, the high wind factor that has is, is been the determining thing to, to decide that, to call the games off, then they're absolutely I, right. And I'm, and I'm but, sure they've taken... You know, not just looked at the app like I, I'm doing for tomorrow, <laughs> but they've taken advice from the, the relevant authorities. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, I think they've got to be applauded for taking early decisive action as yeah. opposed to the late call offs, which nobody likes. Uh, Highland League, though, that goes ahead. What games are we looking for tomorrow, Andrew? Well, Broader Rangers uh, lead the way, 11 points clear at the top of the table. They play Keith, it's Bucky against Lossiemouth, Clark against Nairn, Devon Vale and Turriff, a local derby there for Martin against Huntley, and Inverurie Locos kick off at 2 pm against Trust Bay Thistle. Two games off already for William against Forrest and Rothis against Fraserburgh. Yeah, uh, which is the one for you that you sort of in, in amongst um, all those? I think possibly for Martin against uh, Huntley. For Martin, sitting seventh on the table, but they've got a few games in hand and they want to get themselves up the league as quickly as they possibly can. But uh, of local interest, certainly Devon Vale against Turriff. Um, but I must just finish off by saying congratulations to Fort William. They're off the bottom of the table. Wow, uh, Mouth have dropped to the bottom. Not so much good for and, fantastic for Lossiemouth. No, Mouth, and goal difference. Fort have got eight games in hand of Mouth, so they've yeah. got the chance to pull further up the table. And theirs has been a, a comparative success story this season. Three wins and a draw yeah. so far. Yes, yeah. aye, aye. Absolutely. Well, of course, don't forget, as well as Cove Rangers, Edinburgh City tomorrow, it's Aberdeen Celtic at Pataudry. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. You'll get the Red Review podcast with Alan Davidson, Dave Galloway, and Fraser Fivey from Monday. North Sound One, Red Friday. With Red Wing, your head to toe PPE partner.